0: This is football. Two is amazing. Joe Burrow right now is not. I literally just got a text from someone in the NFL. I'm not going to do this a lot. It just says Giants have bad players. Um, We don't know when to record. Uh, Normally, we wanted to give the Sunday night game a little bit of breathing room, Uh, but that game doesn't need breathing room. And I'll just give you a quick take right now. Uh, A couple months ago, somebody in the league said, the Giants and the Vikings had a very similar, and it's a good problem to have, they had a very similar situation, which is they won more games than they thought they would and you're one of a new regime. The Vikings did not commit to that path the Giants did. Whether or not that was correct at the time, you can debate that. Having said that, the Giants, if they have problems in the part of the season, have more of a concern than the Vikings. Okay? Like, they, the Giants have $159 million tied up in 2025 spending and... That's a lot relative to the rest of the league. Uh, anyway, that's a different episode. Um, great week one of viewing. Uh, only hiccup so far is that uh it took me a little bit to conquer the YouTube app on Sunday Ticket. At one point, I was watching on a delay, and I didn't know. And I saw the same Braxton Barrios catch twice, and I thought that Braxton Barrios was just generationally good. Turns out I was just watching on a delay. Um, but other than that, great. Um football Sunday I forgot how many snacks are involved. I remember years ago, I was at a jets draft press conference. And somebody asked my Tannenbaum what the draft room was like. And he said, "Ah, oh, about 6,000 calories. That's pretty much what week one is like for anybody who just kind of wakes up at 10 AM and just goes to the, uh, goes to the fridge over and back. Um, I love week one for a couple reasons. Number one is obviously just football and, and I'll take any sort of football. Uh, number two is that, I think you can take lessons from it and discard huge parts of it. So you, it's kind of like an a la carte situation. You can say, all right, this prior is confirmed. This thing didn't confirm my prior. So we can going to throw it out for a second. Um, I remember, and this is, this is actually an overarching thing. It's about training and camp and preseason expectations. Coaches and teams are really bad at knowing whether or not they're good. And I remember like putting this out there last, last year. I remember someone from the Chiefs was like, hey, Isaiah Pacheco's good. And I remember being like nervous about it because I hate, this whole, oh, they really like this guy. I'm like August 5th. Yeah, they, they, he's on the team. So yeah, they like him. Or like, oh, they're really excited about this second round pick. Well, they took him with the second pick. This is their second pick in the draft. So I think, I think they, they probably had a good grade on him. Okay. I always hate that. There's a great boxing story. Custom Auto used to tell it. It's in one of my Tyson's books. Two boxers start to fight, go to a draw. One boxer says, man, I was getting my butt whipped. I'm terrible. I should. I was lucky to get a draw. I don't want to do this rematch. I don't want to do this rematch. They finally convinced him to do the rematch. Terrified. He thinks, man, I'm going to get exposed. He goes into the weigh in. Other boxer was even more scared. Thought he got his butt whooped. Didn't show up to the weigh in. Okay. That's what happens with these teams sometimes. They don't know where they stand. Maybe they've talked themselves into circles and think, oh, maybe I have a few more flaws, whatever. Or maybe they're too too committed to the idea that they're good. Like, we're going to get to this in a second about teams having unrealistic unrealistic expectations of where they are. Um, but that's what I like about week one is everybody starts to find out who they are. That brings me to the Miami Dolphins and to a of One thing I hate about the media is our reluctance to change our minds when we're clearly wrong. When I get hit over the head with being wrong, and Lord knows I will stick with my path as long as I possibly can. I'm the giants of that, of, of not changing my mind. I will, I will commit, I will run it back. But if I'm hit over the head, I will change my mind. Um, great example. I thought the odds. Just statistically, just, just look at it, look at a hundred years of quarterbacking. The odds were against Josh Allen making the leap in year three. Normally it's from year one to year two. If you start as a rookie or play games as a rookie only Troy Aikman had really done it before. Josh Allen did it. I immediately said, well, that was, I was wrong. Yeah, stats are stats are fake. Here you go. Josh Allen's great. Tua Tagovailoa, I gave up on during the Flores era when I shouldn't have. Maybe I got bullied into it. Um, but he is great. He is legitimately great. And we should not be having the debate about whether or not he's good. We should be having the debate about how great he is. Where in that rarefied air, he stands. Um, he was not allowed to have a rough start to his career. He didn't get any of the grace extended to other folks like Alex Smith. So let's go through it, okay? Um, Just going through PFF here. Chad O'Shea is the OC before he gets there. So then Shan Gailey comes in, installs new offense with two as a rookie. Next year, George Gatsy, Eric Sudsville, okay? Next year, it's Mike McDaniel and Frank Smith, who's, who's the OC there. In that third year, best pff grade against zone coverage third best rating overall uh deep passing rating by pff against with deep passing and he was so good against man that there was a stretch there where teams were playing historically low man coverage because he was them. okay you can say that's coaching but i, I know obviously that's a huge part of it it's a huge part of the story but it's also just great quarterbacking so week one comes around and it's something I once heard. I think it's interesting. Uh, mark of a great salesman is the customer knows the hard sale is coming. You give it to him anyway, and you, you make the sale, right? That's the thing about deep passing in football. You are a master of deep passing when everybody knows the deep pass is coming and you do it anyway. Joe Burrow led the NFL in deep passes, deep touchdown passes two years ago. Last year, they took it away. He decided to become the best short pass guy in football and he did and like that, that that kind of adjustment is amazing so Tua was really efficient downfield last year and Tyreek Hill has run more deep routes than any player in football since 2016 I don't think it's particularly close it's something like 400 and eight, excuse me 788 deep routes 193 targets 85 receptions 34 touchdowns okay so everybody in the damn stadium, which by the way was mostly Dolphins fans, if you were listening or saw some of the social media stuff, everybody in the stadium knew what was going to happen. Tyree Kill and Tua did it anyway. 16, this is via the athletics, 16 explosive plays on offense for the Dolphins today. Tied for the second most in the game since 2014. Okay. And Brandon Staley, defensive coach, supposed to be a, a taking away the deep ball merchant, and he couldn't do it. Okay, healthy Chargers defense, unhealthy, Dolphins line when you look at it. I once heard an interview with Al Davis. He said that taking what the defense, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically taking what the defense gives you is for losers. And what the Dolphins are going to be able to do over and over and over again is go deep to Tyreek Hill with two attack of Tagovailoa. He can do what you ask him to do. And I don't know what else you're what else he's supposed to be doing. He doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. You can take like a couple of Twitter videos and show that maybe every once in a while he throws ducks or you can take some screen grabs and say, you should have seen this. He does, he threw for 466 passing yards, the fourth most in a season opener ever. Norm Van Brocklin, 1951, 554 yards. Then Brady and Marino to his fourth. Okay. So that's, that's the sort of situation we're looking at here. Um, and I don't know why he wasn't allowed to have ebbs and flows at the beginning of his career. I don't know why Mike McDaniel being his coach is negative. Like I, Patrick, Mahomes, is the best quarterback in football. He also has Andy Reid. They're a bunch of weird nerds going to talk about that all the time. And listen, I'm a nerd. I can say weird nerds because I'm a weird nerd. And I've done this. I was this guy. I was this guy discounting Tua over and over and over again until it hit me in the head. It was so urgent that Tua is great. This is what this is. Not a great run game on Sunday. He had a couple of things he had to do, and he did it. And I don't know what else you want to see. And, yep, he's got help. But you know what? That's what I like about football. It's all linked. It's all linked. I love the fact that there are literally 700 things guys need to do on a given play for it to be successful, and you got to do a bunch of And I don't know what that threshold is, but a bunch of guys have to be doing a good job on a given play for to, to get a to get as many deep explosive plays as the Dolphins did on Sunday. But the most important thing is that Tua is doing what is asked of him. He is a legitimately great quarterback, and I was surprised at the Heat earlier this year. I, I, I said that I said the Dolphins might make the Super Bowl. On podcast, I was people were saying, "I don't know, how you have a job." Somebody's made a death threat. Somebody's made a death threat over the Dolphins. Okay, like relax. What? what relax. Not even that hard to take. Look at the roster. At that point, when I said it, they still about Jalen Ramsey. They have talent all over the place. Vic Fangio, who I, I think will eventually get it. It doesn't. If you go through his history, sometimes it takes a couple of years. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I mean, th- th- that that there's, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. I can I can guarantee that um this dolphin team is really good and tua is the reason for it okay like let's stop saying tua is a product of everything else tua is one of the reasons the dolphins are very very good all right we're bringing in flynn here um flynn you're a super producer you're a jets fan you're Um...
1: nervous about tomorrow Uh, I am nervous about tomorrow. The Bills make me very, very nervous. Primetime makes me very, very nervous. And just being a Jets fan in general makes me very, very nervous. That's a great way to put it. Um, We're doing something called the big
0: question. It's going to be the biggest debate coming out of Sunday. Flynn, what do we got?
1: The big question. We are going to head over to Bengals Browns where the Browns won 24 to three. Joe Burrow, 14 of 31, 82 yards, no touchdowns. The big question. Should we worry about Joe Burrow?
0: Okay. So. The reflexive answer is to say no, especially because I picked the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. The answer is kind of because the numbers were grim. They were bleak. Okay, we'll fire up thesaurus.com for some other words there. Um, But man, it was brutal. O of eight on passes to T. Higgins. And that wasn't just like, "Ah, I was a a little bit off as a good... I mean, there was some of that. Some misc. Bad miscommunications, bad routes. Um, The defense limited the Bengals offense, 142 yards. 97 of those were in the first half. Okay. Uh, Last year, 360 yards of offense. Eighth in the NFL for the Bengals. Okay. So let's, let's go a little deeper here. This is via the NFL. Only twice since 1950, my parents were born as an NFL quarterback thrown 30 passes without an interception had fewer yards than Joe Burrow did today. 82. We t- the Bengals the, the Browns turned the Bengals excuse me. The Browns turned Joe Burrow into an Iowa quarterback. That's what we're looking at here. Kirk Ferentz offense here. Um man, it was just as as bad as it gets. Um So let's go through the reasons that this happened. And last one in our, in our rogues gallery here, Burrow failed to complete this VSPN Burrow failed to complete a pass of 10 or more air yards for the first time in his career. And it was the first time he finished a game with five passing yards per attempt or less. Um, So let's go through the reasons this may have happened. Number one, obvious. Which is he had the calf injury, he missed all of preseason. He starts very, very, very slowly typically. Last year they started zero and two. Uh, they went twelve and two the rest of the season and won the playoffs. Okay. Um, they were, I mean, they could have lost at any point in, in 2021. They made the damn Super Bowl. Okay. Um Preseason matters, especially for a quarterback like Joe Burrow. And I I, I apologize if you listen to, to me on other shows because somebody asked me that Kobe will ask me this last week um, about Burrow. And I predicted this would be a slow start because he likes to have sharp vision. That's what he does. He gets five guys out into a route and he likes to just sort of scan the field. And a lot of times he has told me once, um, this is coming off the ACL takes him weeks to get his vision up to where it needs to be He sees a wall of people so i don't i'm sure it's much better than what i have but it's not much different than you or i looking at, at 21 people and saying all right you know where do i throw the ball okay joe burrow has such sharp vision it doesn't necessarily all come at once that's why it a couple of practice interceptions a few years ago, all that stuff. That's not an excuse. Yeah. I've not talked to him in years. Okay. So like, it, I'm just saying that was one thing he shared with me a couple of years ago, coming off the ACL when he was struggling in practice. And I think he can extrapolate that over the course of the season. Cause he's missed the, he's missed camp now two years in a row. Last year, he had the appendix this year. He had the calf. Um, so let's put that aside. He comes out and he says, no one's panicking. He says, uh, Zach Taylor comes down and says, it's not the team we're going to be. And I agree. Um, but here's why I'm not just going to say, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. A couple things. Number one, this division is really good. The Browns are hard out. The Browns offense was a bit of a mess, but their defensive line was coming early and often. And I think that that's, first of all, the Browns, the Browns have had success against the Bengals, but you, there, there's, it's a much improved roster. And part of the reason Joe Burrow was struggling was because that he didn't have a lot of time. Um, and so you have to deal with that again, you have to deal with the Ravens team that took care of business against Houston and looks much improved on offense. And is always pretty good on defense has one of the best DCs in the NFL. Uh, my old colleague, Stephen, Ruiz said that that Mike McDonald versus Joe Burrow was almost the new Brady Manning as far as just the chess match that you want to see. Um, and Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, and they're going to win games maybe more than the, the talent that is uh, that is laid out there one through fifty three. So, I, I, I as a Super Bowl contender, you need typically they didn't two years ago, but you need you know home games, you need easy easy path. You need to be able to rest your starters in December normally. The, the Bengals have proved to be an exception to the rule, but this division is really hard, and at some point it becomes a math problem. So they can't take September off. So I'm not worried about Burrow. They're gonna figure this out. Um, but I'm not just gonna say, like, maybe the calf is much worse than we thought. Um, I think there was a lot of optimism when I was there a couple of weeks ago. and, and I thought he was gonna play week one and think there was any real doubt about it. I remember, the kind of the story of this and the narrative of this injury was it looked very, very serious for about an hour. It turned out to be a calf. Everybody breathed a sigh of relief, but maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, I think by November they're gonna be fine. Uh, but I hope that in a stacked AFC, and I keep coming back to this: this this t- conference is stacked. If you just go through the quarterbacks and realize there's only seven spots, and there's a couple of quarterbacks who are absolute superstars that will not be in it. And by the way, it's not we're not going to go one through seven and say, "Oh, these are all good quarterbacks." So there's going to be a couple of teams that sneak in there that don't have amazing quarterbacks. Okay, um, and so I, I just. It's a math problem. I worry if they have another loss September that at some point they're going to be further behind the pack than, than maybe we realize. So not worried about Burrow regaining his talents. That's going to be fine. I'm more worried about in a stacked AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals starting so slowly that they are themselves from, I mean, I don't remember a harder conference in this my entire life. Um, so that's if there's anything to worry about, it's that. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesar Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, use the code Omaha Full, and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, you keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only new users and first $10 wager only must wager with eligible promo code bet amount of qualifying wager return only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem, Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1 800 Bets Off. Louisiana, call 1 877 770 STOP, licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Hannah's, New Orleans. Maine, call 1 800 327 5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-888-427-426-2537 or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York call 8778 hope NY or text hope NY 467369
1: go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you again try jet's signature eight corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8save that's the number 8 s a v e jets pizza better because it has to be
0: all right we're doing a mailbag um, it's it's uh, pretty straightforward you can t- uh, i pu- i put it out on twitter basically saying uh, tweet it at me or at the email address, which is, this is footballpod at gmail.com. I made it up two seconds before I tweeted it out. Thank God it was available. Uh, Flynn TSF buddy.
1: This is going to be a twin question. We got two questions about the same player, but different teams. First, you got at Nordy two, one, four, five. They say, honestly, aren't the Vikings the best landing place for Caleb Williams? JJ, Hawk, Addison, hashtag Owen17. And And then at Saul434, says Kevin, with the Bears looking so bad, is it too early to start thinking about Caleb Williams?
0: So I love the switch here because going into this weekend, everybody's talking about the Rams and the Cardinals. The Cardinals look frisky against the commanders, the Rams straight up win. So now we're going to go looking for teams that are going to end up drafting Caleb Williams. And I've always said this, I think maybe the Cardinals might in October November say, okay, we're just going to start shutting it down. Although starting Josh jobs is a pretty good. And by the way, like everybody's like, "Oh, the Col- Colt McCoy, obviously they're tanking starting Colt McCoy would have had them lose just as much as starting Clayton Tune or, or Josh jobs. Okay. Like stop acting like Colt McCoy was, was, was some sort of, beacon of, of winning football okay i like all McCoy's great podcast guest I was on think chris long a couple weeks ago so we start to get the accidental caleb williams drake may teams and unfortunately for houston they're going to be in that mix they might lose the pick we'd go to arizona obviously um i think that there's a couple of things here. The Minnesota Vikings are not going to be it because Kirk Cousins, and Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, and a couple of those stars are going to be enough to get you six wins, seven wins, get you out of the race. So worst case, you no, you're looking at the bottom of the the, the top 10. Sorry, guys. Um, they're just, they, they, the, the, the forest is just too high. Uh, bears are an interesting one. The bears got boat raced. On Sunday by the Packers. And I feel so awful for Bears fans. They just wanted something. And you almost wish that they like they could have played somebody else today and gotten boat raced by like the Falcons. So just be a little bit better. The emotional toll that this is going to take on them. I was hearing from some some friends of mine, some people in my life from Chicago, and I don't think they can handle this to lose to another Packers quarterback. And we're going to do this thing. We don't have time called take mulligan where we just go through what we got, you know, what, what, what take we need to amend. And our friend, friend of the show, Robert Griffin Third, said that the Justin Fields can be an MVP candidate. All he has, all he needed was DJ Moore. He can take their tail and style leap. Uh, we got it. We as a show need to do a little bit of a take mulligan on that one. Um, even though it's not even ours, but we'll put that aside for just one second. So the bears to me are interesting and maybe maybe if that happens and it doesn't necessarily need to be top 1 it could be top 2 they would take drake may and 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 by the way it would it, it would be obvious because if justin fields wins two or three games like of course you're going to replace him maybe it ends up being in a weird way if this is if this seems final with the bears um as far as him just not that, that offense not improving, maybe it's the best thing for Justin Fields. Uh maybe he goes a different system. I saw some Bears fans tweeting at me saying basically that uh that that it's time for him to run a different type of system because I've said this over and over again. If if you can't do something with that style of player who has some of the best uh running ability we've ever seen in the position and can pass what we saw it at Ohio State. If you can't do anything with that, maybe somebody else can do a better job of it. Okay. Um but Yeah, the Bears are are definitely an interesting thing. What I'll say is that uh, there's going to be more teams. There's going to be more teams where the wheels just absolutely fall off. Tampa Bay is another team I didn't even shout out yet. They won uh, today over over Minnesota, the aforementioned Vikings. They seem to be out of the race uh, for for Caleb Williams in the the short term. Um, But part of this, and we we saw this with Houston a couple years ago, part of this is like Baker Mayfield doesn't want to tank. He wants a job. He wants to keep making 10 to $12 million a year for the next seven years, okay? So like, and Josh Dobbs does too. Like, it's very hard to tank in the NFL. I think long-term, like, it builds bad habits. It doesn't really work. You can tank maybe for one year, maybe for a month, but you can't do it for more than two years or one year because the contract's too short. NFL careers are too too short. Like, this is, you can't process this. So you have to fall backwards into it and then you have to, uh, let's call it, make business business decisions. So to project out who's going to be the Caleb Williams team is a fool's errand, but it's going to be a team like the Bears who actually had high expectations and the wheels fall off. It's also not going to be the Rams. Flynn, what do we got?
1: Next up, we've got Peter chiming in over email. I've always wondered something. I know that Tua has unusual luck when it comes to dropped interceptions. Is it possible it's just because he's a lefty and defenders aren't used, aren't used to the direction of the spiral in the same way that teams try to get backups that are also lefties if their QB1 one is one? So I did not know the answer to this, nor
0: could I even like put myself in those shoes. I have never. I'm trying to think here. I played guard and center in high school. I do not believe, and then in Pop Warner, I played linebacker. I do not believe I've ever caught a pass in a football game at any level. Okay, so nor, forget interceptions, okay? So I couldn't do this. So I asked uh, Dominic Foxworth and Will Blackman. Fox didn't get back to me. He's still my friend. Uh, Will Blackman, uh, former Packer, former Giant said, quote, uh, left-handed quarterbacks are gross and compared it to uh, Belichick loves left-footed partners because of the spin of the ball. So he says it's very, very similar. So I don't necessarily – listen, we can go through all of Tua's drop interceptions and figure it out. Will Blackman confirms that catching a ball coming out of a left-handed quarterback's – remember, DBs are already bad at catching. So all of a sudden it's spinning the other way. So yes, it is confirmed by NFL player, a guy who played on a Super Bowl winning team, that it is it is indeed harder to catch a left handed pass. Um, so Steve Young, Tua, what Chris Sims, all those fellows, uh, they had the advantage. So it's a great question. I was happy to tee up my friends in the NFL. Good question, Peter. That's that's the kind of we'll create a cultural competition. Like that's the kind of question I I like coming in. Just something I would not think about normally.
1: Finally, we've got Ryan over email asking, do the Falcons have wide receivers? I'm not the person to ask. Do not email. This is footballpod at
0: gmail.com. E- email what I I figure out the Falcons email system and, and email Arthur Smith. Um, so the stat here is that Drake London played 90% of the Falcon snaps and did not catch a pass. So, if if you're, I guess this is a fantasy thing. I mean, I guess it's the Falcons fan thing. They would they would want that. By the way, they won today. Um, but they beat the Panthers and the Panthers looked kind of bad. Um, but if this is a fantasy thing, you hitched your wagon to Desmond Ritter. You also hitched your wagon to a guy who I feel like is going to be this generation's Mike Shanahan, where he just really screws with fantasy owners. Really, really screws it. And when I play fantasy very seriously. It was it was roulette every single time he played a Mike Shanahan player, let alone running back. And so did, with Arthur Smith, he likes positionless positionless football. Congratulations, Bijan Robinson seems like a great fantasy pickup. Um, but if you're a receiver, like I saw, there was a huge thing the other day, I don't know if anybody saw it on fantasy Twitter where the, the Athletics Falcons beat writer thought that uh Kyle Pitts would be fourth on the team in targets, people Basically deduce that Mac Hollins would be above him. Mac Hollins, who I didn't, I, I got to be honest with you, he's another guy, and we've talked about this before. On like, there's there's a a class of of player, and I'm glad they're they're in the league. God bless them, all of this stuff, but I don't know they're in a facility and with the team until I literally see them on my training camp tour. Like I call it the Trevor Simeon Award. I remember looking at a guy and saying, "Why is this person here?" It was Trevor Simeon. And he and that's how I found out he played there. Okay, happens all the time. And by the way, it also happens with like coaches and like scouts. They're just like, wait, we got this guy this year. Like, if you're not, you might be on a different side of the ball or whatever. You just got no idea. You missed it. You're on vacation. We brought in this guy to you know to be the eighty-eighth guy on the enemy man roster all of a sudden it's like, well, hey, look at this guy. Anyway, um, Matt Collins was that, and now we're expecting Matt Collins maybe to have more targets than Kyle Pitts. So I guess this is a short way or a long way of saying, do not expect anything from Arthur Smith on fantasy, but you know, we can expect a playoff spot. There's, we got another question by the way, that was like, it was like, are the Saints, did the, are, can the Saints get a one seed after winning their hardest game on the schedule today? That's how easy these schedules are. The Falcons and the Saints, people have said this, the Falcons and the Saints have the possibility of, of both making the playoffs because of how abysmally easy their schedule is. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be the Falcons, not the Saints. Could do play each other, by the way? Um, but I, I I think we saw a proof of concept today with both teams that this is going to be a pretty easy way to go. Thank you, Flynn. All right, let's get to guy of the week. Uh, so this was going to be more anonymous normally. Um, as far as like, I wanted it to be like a tackle or like a fullback or, you know, some pulling guard, you know, and Penny Sewell pulls and just, just ruin some, some young linebackers week. Like that's the kind of thing I want to do, but. Who's more anonymous than the Los Angeles Rams? You have a bunch of young men. I've never seen. I've never seen their names. I've never seen their names. Okay. Now, I was looking at the depth chart a couple weeks ago, and I was saying I don't know who these young men are, but I do know who Aaron Donald is. He had three pressures. He had a a viral clip that's already gone around that is uh, Geno Smith saying, "Oh my God!" as Donald closed in on him, right in his face. And this is a player who is as as thought about retirement openly with a coach who's thought about retirement openly. He has the highest double team rate by far over the past three years still. Um, And last year, he played 11 games and recorded a career-low PFF five sacks. Career-low five sacks. Um, Sunday, he looked like he was all the way back. And there's something about the Rams that's interesting to me because people were – saying that the Rams were in trouble because of some of the preseason reports, which is that Sean McVay was calling guys out. They had a lack of conditioning, a lack of mental toughness, especially the young guys on the roster. And I sometimes view that as the opposite. I think generally when guys are talking about how big of a disaster training camp is, that's a that can be a good thing. Um, there's a lot of bad teams who sleepwalk into a bad season because they think training camp's going well. It's kind of what I was talking about earlier. And I, the best example of this, a couple of years ago, Jamar Chase was dropping passes in training camp. Joe Burrow was just saying, "This is this training camp's been a, a nightmare, a mess. We have so much to clean up." Everybody looked at that and said, "You know what? Oh wow, short the Bengals are terrible." No, like they know what they have to improve on. They're openly talking about it, and they're they're getting there. Um, saying you have things to solve. Is not a problem. That's usually a good thing. Um, great example. There was a mini flare up in the media a couple of weeks ago about Matt Stafford saying he wanted to connect with younger teammates, and he didn't know how um, because he's what he was born in 1988, I think. Um, and as someone else born in the 80s, that depresses me. But he 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 needed to do it. But the first step towards doing it is knowing you need to do it. Why is this? What what is the problem? Why is this a thing that he decided he needed to do it and he did it? It's much worse to say, oh, I'm not, I, I'm good. I don't need, I don't need to be boys with Tutu Well, No, he he, he does. And so I think the Rams have a culture of... of, I know this sounds so lame, but they do have a culture of accountability. And we forgot who Sean McVay was because I think we looked at him and said, oh yeah, he he lorded over the stacked roster. He lorded over this all-in team. They had all these studs and then they won the ones through bowl. Sean McVay arrived to the Jeff Fisher team and made everybody better. Every single player on the team was better, including on the defensive side of the ball, by the way, even though Jeff Fisher was a defensive czar, okay? So Sean McVay takes guys, makes them better. So all of a sudden we have undrafted guys. All of a sudden we have uh, low draft picks because they they spent they traded all the draft capital away. All of this stuff, and he's making them better. That's what Sean McVay does. That's why he came back. He could have left and gone to any number of networks and made a bunch of money and lived in the Malibu Hills. That's not what he's equipped for. Uh, Mark Titus asked me this the other day on his show, and I, I equated it to like I'm going to spoil Mad Men, but like the the end of Mad Men. Don Draper thinks he's found peace. He's at the retreat, all of this stuff. And then as he's doing the meditation, ad pops into his head, he goes back to be an ad man, right? That's Sean McVay. He was in the Hollywood Hills. He's having a great time. And he said, you know what? You know what I'd love to do? I'd, I just would love to install this boot concept. That's what Sean McVay wants to do. That's why he's back. And that's why they're going to win more games than we think. They're not going to tank. He doesn't want to tank. doesn't even want a young quarterback. That's an open question. He wants Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, looks really good. So my guy of the week is Aaron Donald because he's back. My guy, literally and figuratively, he was, you know, everybody talks about it and maybe oh, he was a good trade of the Steelers. No, this Rams team is going to be really good. I promise you guy of the week will no longer be the best player in the NFL. We'll find somebody more anonymous, but that's the way it is right now. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, that was our Sunday recap. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday with two very notable quarterbacks. I'm really, really excited about it. Um, We'll have some great Dolphins talk. We'll have some great NFL talk. It'll be awesome. Thank you to Flynn. Thank you to Miles. We will see you on Wednesday. This has been Football.